All right, Joe, we are back on the podcast where we are training men in spiritual fitness. And we've been spending the past few weeks talking about this idea of spiritual fitness, helping men understand what we've identified as five dimensions of spiritual fitness, just to try to put some meat on this, the bones of when we talk about, in general, men being spiritually fit. What does that exactly mean? Uh, so we've been talking to guys about things like clarity and captivation and competence, these, these pieces that I think are integral for being a spiritually fit man. And today we're going to continue with that by talking about a big one that we honestly, we talk about a lot, uh, Joe. In fact, if, if guys are regular listeners to the podcast, they've heard uh, this subject kind of been talked in and around a lot, and that's self-control, uh, that men need self-control. And I want to start us off a, a little differently uh, this time, because I want guys to face directly some of the myths that they are believing about self-control. Some of the things I'm hearing guys say about self-control. And I think we need to attack those first before we even begin to define self-control and how guys can, can uh, start to grow in it. So I'm going to throw at you a little bit of a myth that I've heard, and then let's see what, see what you can do with it. See what you say about it. So let's start here. Self-control is unspiritual. This is what I hear guys sometimes say when they're talking about um, spiritual growth and the idea of self-control. Well, self-control is just, it's an unspiritual thing. That's a worldly thing uh, that, that's out there. It has nothing to do with a spiritual life. I mean, I definitely can appreciate where guys are coming from because it does kind of have that sound. You just can picture, you know, any number of podcasts about life management and, and talking about this. But the the fundamental problem with that mindset or that myth is if you look at the fruit of the spirit, self-control is mentioned. Um, <laughs> you know, Paul, he talks about, you know, um, disciplining himself and self-control in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And so we may not like to hear it because I think there's something in us, especially with, um, you know, wanting to rely on the spirit and lean into grace that we would just love the Bible to say, look, you don't need to exert any self-control. This is just going to happen spontaneously without any effort. That's just not true that the spirit works in and through us. Mm -hmm. And so part of that fruit, again, it is self-control. So it is spiritual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. Uh, I hear guys a lot of times equate self-control with willpower. That that's all self-control is, just having great willpower. What, what would you say to that? I think if you just pause and think in terms of any area of your life where you feel like there is a degree of self-control. So mm -hmm. rather than being on that um, that raft and drifting with the current, that you really do feel like in some sense you've got the rudder and you're steering, uh, you will find that the will is present. You're making choices. Yeah. But you're going to find that there's so much more that's involved um, in terms of, you know, that direction. Like you're going to realize that um, that your imagination is involved, that if you couldn't conceive of a, of a future, like if you couldn't see something that was worth um, making a, a reality, then you wouldn't be going that direction. It's because you can, again, you can see there's something good that's not yet present, but will come into being. You can think of like, again, your memory throughout the Bible. God's telling us, you know, to remember who he is, to remember um, that he will be with us. Um, and we know that in order to move that direction, which requires faith, you're never going to steer into those deep waters unless you really have in your mind. And it's at the front of your mind, at the back of your mind, that God is with you in the midst of trials. And so if you basically just think of all of the different parts of the mind, um, which involves your intellect and you've got your attention and you've got your memory and, and all of these things, they're all involved. And so self-control, it's not like a single piece of us, the will. Mm. 
everything has to, in a sense, be thrown out there on the table. And the spirit uses all of it in order to help get us to that place where, again, we've got the rudder and aren't just drifting. All right. So, but that does lead well into another myth that I hear because a lot of what you just said, and even in the title of self control, involves self, (laughs) right? So, a lot of guys hear self control and they think, well, that's self-reliance. It's all about me and self-reliance. So how, how would you attack that myth of self-control is just self-reliance? I'll give guys a concrete situation. So uh, picture the guy falls in love with this woman, um, wants to spend the rest of his life with this woman and says, you know what? Um, I'm just going to lean on myself and I'm going to be faithful to you. Sickness and health, you know, better or worse, I'm going to be there for you the rest of our life. And I'm just going to rely on myself for this to happen. Um, the man who did that would be an absolute fool because uh, what the wise man realizes is that actually there's this thing called marriage. <laughs> and uh, when you commit to this external structure, there are moments when your internal will, willpower feels really weak. Mm. But if you're reminded of this covenant that's bigger than you, of these promises that you've made, this whole structure before God, this person outside of you, all of that extrinsic stuff is incredibly powerful to reinforce the weakness of the internal stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you're not with self-control. We're not just relying on ourselves. This is where you want to build a lifestyle. You want to build networks of relationships. You want to make commitments and even promises. You want all of these things to be present so that you can continue to go in that direction that you want to go. And uh, so to say self-control, it's not just relying upon self it's doing all of the things that you know that God has given us to help us pursue godliness in life. That's great. Here's the last one I'd throw at you is, and this is the one that drives me the most nuts probably, uh, just that guys compare uh, self-control to like having great hair. Like some guys have it, some guys don't, right? You either have great hair or you don't. <laughs> you either have great self-control or, you know, you just, some some guys just aren't born with it. I think if we take, remember, let's go back to the fruit of the spirit. You take any of the fruit of the spirit, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, you know, take patience. I mean, what man would say, some guys are patient, some guys aren't. I just can't do anything about my temper. Uh, If I get angry, that's just who I am. And that other guy, man, he's amazing because God's given him such patience. Now, when it comes to something like patience, we realize that the spirit wants us to grow. In a sense, every time we say no to just, you know, flipping the switch and getting angry, and say yes to being slow-tempered, um, that, you know, in some way that that gets a little bit further embedded in our character. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what we need to have is just that growth mindset of recognizing as long as you have the spirit, which every Christian has, as long as you have the spirit within your heart, operating within your life, that a self-control is something that can continue to, you know, take root and blossom. And so there's no reason, no matter how much you failed in the past, mm-hmm. We're in Christ. We got all the hope in the world. And so look at the horizon and think, I could become a man that really has self-control because of the grace of God and the work of the spirit in my life. Yeah, there's no getting out of it, right? We can't, there's no getting out of this, this pursuit of growth and self-control. So that's good. Uh, All right. So then help help me better identify exactly what self-control is, because you have in attacking those myths, kind of expanded self-control in a way that Perhaps most guys aren't used to thinking about it. So can you give us a clear definition of self-control when we're thinking about it in terms of spiritual fitness? Because again, our aim is to help guys 
to be able to train in godliness day in and day out, to be a man who is spiritually fit. And one of those dimensions is this idea of self-control. So what do we mean when we tell guys that in the in, in the concept of self-control? Yeah. I always like to start with what something's not and then think about a clear definition of what it is. Good. All right. And so, you know, start with the guy who very clearly is just letting life lead him. Mm. And that could be any number of things. I mean, it could just be he's he's exhausted, um, you know, that he's never uh, planned. He's just drifting with the current, you know, that he's distracted all the time. So all of these things. I mean, we, it's very easy to look out and think that that person, I mean, he is just conforming to his mm. environment. So we know self-control is not that. Yeah. So you push that off the table and you ask, well, what is it? And um, I mean, I wrote down a, a definition and, and, and here's what it is. You know, self-control is using all the internal and external resources that God has given us to steer our lives in the direction of godliness. Okay. And so, again, to look both, you know, our, our own persons. So what are the kind of faculties God has given us that if we cultivate these things, they can assist us? Hmm. And then, again, what are the things outside of us? And so, you know, if you're starting, we've already listed several of these, but you know, self-control, well, you're going to have to think about training your memory. Um, mm. If you're going to steer your life, again, you can't forget the promises of God. Um, you're going to have to sharpen your intellect. You're going to have to be able to identify the threats in a modern environment that, again, want to hijack uh, your life. Um, you're going to have to uh, think about, again, your attention. You know, if, if we're not paying attention to spiritual truths, if we're just allowing ourselves in our mind to be filled with all the lies of this world, it's going to take a toll. On this, you have to think about your will as well. You're gonna have to make those choices that you know are godly and to say no to the things that are ungodly. And so all of these things, you have to imagine self-control being the end result of a bunch of different muscle groups. Mm, (laughs) Not a single muscle. It's everything. It's all, you know, kind of a soul exercise. And as you strengthen each of these things, you know, the end result is you've got a little bit more self-control. But again, that's the outside. Then you've got, or the inside. You got to think about the outside. Again, how do you set yourself up in terms of your environment and your relationships, so these things assist you in this direction? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we we often talk. Well, who are your friends? What is your lifestyle? What are your daily routines? Um, that all of these things they strengthen that self control. They can also weaken that self control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that one thing guys need to think through as as I'm hearing you kind of define their self-control, um I'm I'm hearing the opposite of what a lot of guys where their their starting point with self-control. A lot of guys starting point is well self-control is all about saying no. And yeah. and I think that's true, right? That self-control means that we there are certain things we must say no to, but you're pitching a vision of of a greater yes that we're aiming for, right? That self-control is yes, it's about saying no to certain things, but there's also, this idea, obviously, within spiritual fitness training, we are training for something. Therefore, we're saying a greater yes to something. And that yeah. self-control is what are the yeses that are going to lead me on this pilgrimage and this journey? And so it's, you know, because a lot of times we look at self-control and it's like, uh, how, how do we steal our joy, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we just, just so, yeah. so much self-denial that we're miserable. That That's not at all what you're talking about, though, it doesn't sound like. Yeah, no, I think, you know, picture the person that really wants to get in shape mm-hmm. um, and they want to do so because they know they'd feel better. Um, they'd be able to enjoy their kids more. Um, you know, it's a positive vision. 
but then again, you think of all that it, it would take uh, in terms of if they really want to do this. And, you know, they're going to have to um, first, again, have that compelling image in their mind. People yeah. often talk about that, you know, really seeing a future you that um, is exciting. Um, they're going to think about people they could be around. You know, what friends could they, you know, put themselves around that also want to get in shape? They're going to put their shoes out and, you know, their workout clothes, you know, yeah. outside. So they step up and it's the first thing yeah. they see in the morning. They're going to get up early so they can get to the gym before work. Now, there's a whole set of things that are necessary to get them in that place where their life is moving in the direction of uh, becoming a person more fit. Mm. And I mean, it's the same thing with godliness. All of those little things when Paul's saying, make no provision for the flesh. I mean, you know, set yourself up, you know, um, so that you can really pursue godliness. And so we've, you know, we need a big vision of self-control and we've got mm. to get beyond that little understanding of, oh, it's just no, and it's just a kill joy. Right. And, you know, all the rest of the lies Satan would tell us. Yeah. Yeah. And there is something that, okay, if you begin to live in that way that, uh, the guys will notice they will be accused of, but I want to kind of break it down a little bit. A lot of times when you start to live this sort of disciplined life and aim at self-control, you'll be accused of legalism in some sense, right? A lot of times when you start talking self-control, people bring up, isn't that just legalistic? And I don't think that really, honestly, I don't think I've ever had anyone talk to me about that, where they actually meant that, where they thought, oh, Evan, you're doing these things to try to earn salvation. I don't, I don't think that's what they meant. Really what they meant is, Evan, you're trying too hard, <laughs> you know? <That's> right. <laughs> right? Right? And so I think guys have to be okay with with that. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, you are trying too hard in this effort toward godliness. Be that kind of guy, you know. Be be okay with being accused of of trying too hard, right? But that's that's got to be it comes with the territory. I mean, who who really thinks that it's going to be an easy thing to become a man of prayer in the twenty first century? No, yeah. that's not that's not down. It's never been downhill, but yeah. maybe it's a little bit more steeply uphill than it's been before. Yeah. So we got to just expect, yeah, it's going to take some sweat of the brow. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. okay. It's worth it. It's part of it. All right. So help guys understand why it is that self-control is so important. We've made this one of our five dimensions of spiritual fitness. Why is this important for the Christian man? And I think, uh, what we we're just talking about, I mean, all, all the things that we're up against, um, as men, you know, that this is something that we're never going to persevere. We're never going to endure without, um, I think a couple of verses, guys will probably know these verses. They're often quoted, but I'm just going to read them. This is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, you know, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and at the right hand uh, is at the right hand of the throne of God. Mm. Take those two verses. Think of how many elements um, that you see where self-control is going to be vital. You know, it talks about being surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. That's telling you that we should be looking to a certain audience. That's not our natural audience. The cloud of witnesses we tend to pay attention to are the colleagues at work. Um, so, you know, we've got to deliberately be exerting our attention in a particular direction. Mm. You know, we've got to lay aside weights. That means shifting our lifestyle, our environment. So that, and again, we're set up for discipleship. That doesn't happen by itself. Talks about sin that clings closely. Sin doesn't get taken off by itself. Mm. There's a lot of, you know, self-control that is required to put off sin. Running with endurance. Mm. Again, obvious self-control. Looking to Jesus. Again, we've got to direct our attention. Um, Jesus, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. 
we've got to get a whole different framework for what counts as losing in the wor world versus really, you know, what honor is worth achieving. All of this is a picture of a radically different existence in the world than what's natural and comfortable and normal. And so if we're not having this self-control, all that is in these two verses, it's just not going to happen spontaneously. So we need this. We need this yes. if we're really going to run this race as the Bible tells us to run it. I'm, I'm so glad you used those verses because just in hearing you and hearing the the verbs you used that, that are used in the, those verses, it's so much different. It's a different vision of what self-control is pictured in the minds of most guys. Honestly, I think if you ask guys to draw a picture of a self-controlled man, you know what they do is they they draw a picture of a stoic statue. Like that's yeah. self-control, right? This, the, it, it, but it has to be a statue because you can't go anywhere. Do it. It's like this guy who's just stoically standing in the midst of anything and everything. But that's so much different than the verses you just read. That's so yeah. much different. Uh, because you're talking about yes, running a race, and there's 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 all kind. This is not a, a static life, and the life of a self-controlled man is not static and standing on the uh, the sidelines. But so I want to help guys get there, though. Like, how do we begin to do this? <laughs> how do we begin to grow in self-control? Yeah, I would point guys to the two preceding um, episodes in this this podcast series, um, yeah. Captivation and Clarity. If mm. guys have listened to those two episodes, they're going to see that feeds right into this. Mm. I mean, you, your heart has to be captivated by a compelling vision of something you know glorious and good that you want. It's not going to be easy mm -hmm. to uh, attain, but it'll be worthwhile. So, I mean, that captivation is going to be critical for the motivation you need to keep running, but mm. equally the clarity, um, to really have a clear sense. What are the obstacles? Um, if I'm not strategically thinking about how to set up the board of my life, yeah. um, I'm going to find myself vulnerable and I'm going to end up, you know, tripping over my feet, um, having this extra weight rather than the simplicity of uh, knowing that there's one thing that's needed. Mm. Um, so I'd start, think about, uh, captivation, think about clarity. That's the really deep stuff. There's also the more surface stuff, the choices, but you got to start at that deeper level. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna push on you a little bit there because gosh, that's so where you go every time, Joe. And I'm so like the practical, like because here I am. I'm I'm thinking, all right, Joe, give me give me some examples of self control for the life of a Christian man. What is an example? And I want you to give me like hard line. And you just said like think about clarity and think about I, I don't know. So what <laughs> is, is, would you double down there and say if I asked you for examples of self control? For the guy that's out there listening, saying, I want to grow in this, and he's just looking for a list of things to begin to do today, where, where do you guide him? Yeah, you're going to have to start thinking about your life from different points of elevation okay. or from different, you know, different kind of horizons, different distances. So, uh, you know, you're thinking about self-control, yes, moment by moment. It is that. It is that choice that you make when you're confronted with a decision and thinking, well, which course is the godly one? Mm -hmm. And that's happening all the time. Um, and often that's a matter of, that, of decisions you've already made. And that's where you've got to get to a higher level of elevation. Most days you follow your routines. Yeah. So if you're going to exert self-control, you've got to think of patterns of behavior that become second nature so that even if you've not made that choice, you have made in the sense that it's become the mm -hmm. thing that you just habitually do. You wake up mm -hmm. in the morning a little bit early and you know exactly this is where I am in my Bible and you open it up and this is how you go about meditating on God's word. That's how you feed your soul. So you have strength later on 
you know, for those surface decisions. But then you got to think even at a whole nother level, you've got to get to that really high elevation point where the purpose of your life is to pursue God and pursue godliness. Mm. Um, if you're not starting at that high level, you will drift. Yeah. And so this is where you've got to think of self-control. Again, we're talking about in the moment, we're talking about it in the week, we're yeah. talking about when you gather up life as a whole, yeah. all of these things. Um, so when it, the nuts and bolts, it's kind of godly life planning is what we talked that we've talked yeah. about, you know, in other episodes, but yeah, you've got to be that person that plans in that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's key. And, um, I think about, you know, just as a way to kind of wrap it up, we talk about doing these kind of things, not in isolation, but as groups of men. So how do the groups of men begin to identify and train in, in stuff like self-control, and um, I think often we would say, let's talk about self-control with each other. Like, okay, be able to talk with your friends about where you need self-control in your life and uh, ask for accountability and uh, and maybe have those higher elevation talks with your friends. And I think that's that's good. But I, one twist I just kind of offer in that, um, and it just would maybe take a little more boldness from you, but I'd say ask your friends, hey, where do I need self-control in my life? It's one thing to say, hey, here's where I think I need self-control. It's another thing to point it at someone else and say, hey, where do you think that I need self-control? Or to look at your friend and look him in the eyes and say, hey, I think you need to pursue self-control in this way. That creates different kind of conversations. And for a lot of guys, I know what you're thinking. You're, you're hearing that and you're like, I don't even have a friend that or a group of friends who I could have that kind of conversation with, who know me so well that they could be able to speak into my life on where I need self-control and how I can begin to pursue it. Well, good news. Next week, we're talking about camaraderie. That's another portion of spiritual fitness and being a spiritually fit man. We want you to have these kind of groups of friends. So I hope you will join us next week because we're going to look at what does it look like to have a group of friends like that, that you can have those kind of conversations with. Uh, so if you already have a group like that, man, that's great. Y'all begin to talk about self-control this week. Um, but if not, man, join us next week. We're going to talk about camaraderie, uh, this last piece, this last dimension of spiritual fitness. 